Buongiorno. Welcome to episode two of Requiem for Podcast. Today we're gonna dive into a lovely young, well, rather an old lady named Nanny Doss. That's right, Nanny Doss. Born Nanny Hazel. So Nanny Doss was a female serial killer that killed all of her husbands. Not just her husbands, though. She didn't just leave it at that. So Nanny was born November 4th, 1905 in Blue Mountain, Alabama. So Nanny was one of five children. She had one brother and three sisters. Her mother, Louisa, and her father was James. Both Nanny and her mother fucking hated James. James was controlling, a controlling father, controlling her husband. James would force his kids to work on the farm instead of school. He said, I don't want you to learn. I want you to plow this fucking dirt. Plow it, plow it, pick the weeds and plow it. But you're not going to school. You're not going to learn. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Growing up, Nanny loved reading her mother's romance magazines. And I'd imagine if she was born probably 20, 30, 40 years later, whenever Playboy came out, she'd probably be reading those articles. I mean, let's be honest, there was some real romance in there. I mean, nobody looked at the Playboy for the pictures. It was all about the articles and the about me section. (laughs) So she loved the romance magazine. She also loved Lonely Hearts column. Now, the funny thing about the Lonely Hearts column is, I mean, we're looking back. She was born, when did I say, 1905. The Lonely Hearts column was the early 1900s, plenty of fish in tender, right? And that's where everybody went on and they posted pictures of themselves and said some little witty thing about themselves. You know, you know how it goes. Well, that's how it went in here. And she loved it. Now, James being controlling as he did, he didn't allow Nanny or his sisters to wear mac- makeup. Makeup. Wear makeup. Who wears makeup anyways? But he also didn't allow them to wear makeup or attractive clothing. Because he would always say, you wear attractive clothing and makeup, you're going to get molested. So you're not going to do that. I don't want nobody molesting you. So that was his reasoning. Right. <laughs> controlling. But also caring. They, he also wouldn't let them go to any dances or social events, you know. Didn't let them live. Didn't let them do anything. So she dug into those romance in that magazines. Dug into her tender, lonely hearts. Fast forward, age 16, the normal age, Nanny married. Right? First marriage. I know I gave it a little bit away, right? I, a little bit of, little bit of spoiler. Spoiler. We got a spoiler here, guys. Because I just said first marriage, so you know there's more. Well, she got her first marriage to Charles Charlie Braggs. That's right. Who fucking bragged about everything, man. This dude fucking would not shut up. He bragged about everything. That's where he got his last name, Braggs, because he bragged about everything. Motherfucker. Now, she knew this guy for four or five months before they got married. Completely normal. That's what normal people do. You know, they they meet and... Four months later, let's get let's get married, sweetheart. Let's fucking do it. Let's move in together. Let's get married. We know all there is about each other. Because, I mean, really, back then, I'd imagine it was more normal. Because, you know, there, there's a lot of religious types back then. And, you know, you, you can't fuck out of wedlock. You can't be getting out dick out of wedlock. So they get married. So they can fucking get down on each other's lollipops and taco beans, right? And uh, that's where it all starts with there. Uh, this dude had no other family other than his mother, and James James's mother took over their life completely. Just told her what she could and couldn't do. So another controlling, another controlling fucking dude, man. Like another fucking James of the house. 
Another fucking James just saying, fuck y'all, couch, Charlie Braggs and Nanny. Uh, we got some Nanny's words here on the situation that uh, prescribed here. I married as my father wished in 1921 to a boy I only knowed for about four or five months who had no family, only a mother who was unwed and who had taken over my life completely when we were married. She'd never seen anything wrong with what she'd done, but she would take spells. She would not let my own, own mother stay all night long. So Nanny, Nanny wasn't pleased about this at all, obviously. During this marriage, Nanny had four daughters in a four-year span, right? I mean, just popping them out. Pop. Right, popping them out. Four kids in four years would stress anyone the fuck out. Am I right? I know it stressed me the fuck out. So Nanny hit the bottle. She's just drinking, drinking that shit. She starts smoking. She's sucking them cigarettes down, sucking them down like they're all big. There, she's just sucking. Right, and to top the stress off, both Nanny and Charlie suspected that the other one was fucking around. So that didn't go over well at the dinner table. Am I right? Soon, their two middle girls died of suspected food poisoning. Hmm. It seems we got a murder in here. And Braggs was like, yo, fuck this. I'm taking my favorite daughter, Melvina. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Because I've read some things where he always tells kids and stuff like, listen, don't don't eat her cooking. Don't fucking do it. Don't you eat her, don't eat her cooking. But I guess he let them eat their cooking anyways. Right, so they fucking died. He left. He took Melvina. And he just got out of fucking Dodge. He's like, I know better than this. I'm out of here. But he left his other daughter there. He was like, yo, fuck you. She's my favorite. She's my firstborn. Uh, I'm sorry. You're going to have to fend for yourself. Hopefully she likes you and she doesn't poison and kill you. You know, hey, what are you going to do? So they take off. Later, Charles comes back. Gets a divorce. And he's back with his little fling too, by the way. Gets divorced. And he gives back... Melvina. So apparently Melvina pissed him off. He's like, you know what? I know you're my firstborn, but, and I know your mom. I mean, we can both agree that your mom killed your sisters. I mean, it's, we all knew it was going to happen. It happened, whatever. She probably won't kill you. She would have killed you if she did. And she didn't. She only killed these two. So obviously she loves you. She's not going to do it. But Braggs claims that he left because he was frightened. So he knew something was up. He came back, got his divorce. And he was like, all right, I'm fucking out of here. I'm done with her shit. In 1929, Nanny found her second love. And you could probably guess she wasn't for the bar scene. She never did the social events and shit. It was back to the lonely hearts. So Robert Franklin Harrelson, another fine young man. So they met and married again in the same year. Another fast one. Another, let's do this. Let's fuck it. We don't need to get to know each other. Let's just do this shit. All three lived together in Jacksonville. So Nanny believed in, in the Mary first, get to know second, get to know each other second relationship method, which is tried and true. But she soon learned Robert was an alcoholic and had a criminal criminal record for assault. But she believed in marriage. Death do us part, right? That was her fucking motto. Death do us part. We see it. And the marriage lasted for 16 years. I mean, a lot better than the first one. 16 years, that's quite a while. I mean, even to today's standards, 16 years fuck you might as well you know you might as well live you know married until you died in that one 16 years shit so it's 1943 melvina gives 
birth to a beautiful baby boy, making Nanny a grandma. Two years later, Malvina has another baby. So she's a double grandma. She's a granny. Nanny the motherfucking granny. Granny Nanny. Right? Now she can do uh, granny porn, you know? Before it was just milk porn. Now she can do granny porn. Of course, it's, you know, the black and white fucking no sound. You can do dudes behind the curtains playing a piano. And you got the subtitles, you know. Moan. Oh, yes. And this is all spelled out, you know. It's kind of boring. The porn industry back then just wasn't happening like it is now, you know. I mean, you get rid of the sound and you just have a dude playing the piano. It's not that exciting. Anyway, so Melvina, after giving birth to her second kid, she was high as fuck smoke dog on ether, you know. She was just huffing that shit. I don't know. It, it makes you wonder on medical advances, you know, that they were giving ether to patients. But hey, whatevs. But uh, Melvina, she could have sworn that she saw Jolly Granny visit and stick a hat pin, a motherfucking hat pin, into the baby's head. Because during this time, the baby, the baby was dead. But Nanny said, Nah, dog, that baby was already dead. So the doctors, apparently... Never attended any accredited schools because they couldn't give an explanation. You know, no one could be like, oh, well, it died of asphyxiation. It died of whatever. Oh, there's a little hole in the back of its head. And you could see a little pinprick. And, uh, you know, there's no there's no way of telling, I guess. So there's no conclusion. There's no evidence conclusion of this. But I think we can all come to the conclusion that Granny was a baby killer. Mm-hmm. And we prove this because two years later. Nanny was baby, babysitting young Robert, Malvina's son, and he mysteriously dies of it, like we just said a little bit ago, of asphyxia. She's babysitting, he dies, and it's like nobody puts two and two together, right? And to top this off, two months later, Granny Nanny collected a cool $500 life insurance that she just put on Robbo. You know, let's just let's say hypothetically that she didn't kill the first baby. She's like, hmm, the first baby died. Melvina just really doesn't uh, produce good offspring. And, and fucking Robbo's going to die. So I'm going to put a little bit of 500 life insurance on him. And I'm going to be all right for a little bit. You know, it's $500 back in the 40s. You know, yeah, it went a little bit. That went a little bit away. It's not like $500 today. Am I right? I mean, $500 a day can get you a decent amount of cocaine. But in 1940... Holy fuck, you get a pile of cocaine this high. That's what she did. I think. I mean, I don't know what else Granny Nanny's going to do. Probably, probably got lots of cocaine. Anyways, so the beginning of the end for Robert Harrelson. Robbie being fucking stoked at Japan. That Japan surrendered to the, let's just be honest to ourselves, to the American forces. Japan surrendered to us because why? Because we dropped some bombs on their shit and we killed a lot of people. We killed a lot of innocent people too. Let's just, let's take a moment here and just admit if you could rank countries as serial killers, that United States of America is one of the top serial killers. I mean, I don't know who's got a, who's got the highest kill, kill count because I mean, Germany, obviously, Nazi Germany, obviously had a fucking high kill count but i mean i don't know what the, i have to look up the numbers on this but i mean you put everything together man usa's got a pretty good kill count too 
you know, and it was two separate events right there. So, I mean, you can class that as sequenced. I mean, really, the United States has killed a lot of different groups of people over time. So the United States is a formidable uh, serial killer, and we can't ignore that. Anyways, back to the story. So Robbie being fucking stoked, right? He's partying his fucking pants off with some other fellow vets and stuff and getting drunk as shit. But, of course, what does every drunk man want to do? They want to get off, man. So he goes home to tie the night off. By raping Nanny. Because she doesn't want to do it. She's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to take care of my fucking wife. I'm going to fuck you anyways, right? So he just takes that shit. And Nanny was so fucking pissed. So Nanny was like, this motherfucker is going to have his last drink tonight, that motherfucker. So she poisons Robbie Robert's moonshine. And that fool, that fool was dead the night she poisoned it. That was it. That's all they fucking wrote. So Nanny's got another dead husband. And she's feeling lonely, so what does she do? She turns to the plenty of fish of the 40s, right? So she turns to Lonely Hearts column, finds her third husband, Arlie Matt Lanning. Arlie. Mm, yeah, my name's Arlie, Arlie Lanning. The fucking names back then. I mean, your first name's Arlie and your last name's Lanning. I mean, I don't know what kind of parents would be like, all right, Lanning, what goes, goes, what goes good with Lanning? Arley, hmm, Arley, right? Maybe if it's Harley, but again, for a girl, okay, Arley kind of sounds like a fucking girl's name, too. So I'm sure this dude got fucking picked on. But then again, back then, there was a lot of fucking nerdy names. So everybody probably picked on it. No one probably, no one, no one, no one probably picked on each other because they all had fucking nerdy names. Let's be, like, come on, let's be honest. So again, following the tried and true marry, then get to know method, right? They married after three fucking days i mean she buckled down a little bit she's like i'm gonna get to know you first we got we got fucking fuck we got fucking oh fuck we got some fucking time here we got three days we're gonna learn about each other okay so they learned about each other for three fucking days and got married and again i mean who would have who would have known right i mean yeah you meet a strapping young lad named Arlie on Lonely Hearts. And who would have thought that this motherfucker would be an alcoholic womanizer? You wouldn't have thought it. Right, the last one, I think the dude bounced off a bunch of times and, you know, infidelity and shit. But this one, Nanny would disappear for months. And as you would suspect, it was probably to play the field again. The field of dicks. That's right. What else is she going to be disappearing for? Uh, she disappearing to murder people. I mean, her family's all around her. I mean, unless she's disappearing to murder people, uh, her family, but she's not. So she's playing the field, sucking them lollipops, right? Again, you, you can suspect how this one goes. Arlie dies of a heart attack and Nanny got a big payout. Uh, this time, I don't think it was life insurance. This time it was more of she got the house and the land and all that good stuff. And soon after, Arlie's, uh, Arlie's mother moves in or whatever and she dies in their sleep you know tying off fucking loose ends i mean everywhere this bitch goes people die right and it's all of like natural fucking causes or you know not violent shit it's not fucking beatings it's not stabbings it's all oh they fucking uh, died in their sleep oh they couldn't breathe anymore oh fucking heart attack right nobody fucking is putting two to fucking two together i don't fucking know but then again and Nanny is a jolly bitch. So after this, Nanny moves in with her sister, Dovey. 
right? And Dovey was bedridden. She's not doing good. But it wasn't long. Dovey dead. Right? So then death is just falling or falling or falling. And it's like, man, if, how easy would it be to be a woman and a fucking serial killer? I mean, a serial killer in general back at this time, but a woman and a serial killer? Because it's not going to expect it from you. They're like, oh, no, women don't do this, this, this shit. They're loving. They're nurturers. They're caring. Mm-mm, ladies, if you get a fucking time machine and you want to kill people, and go back to the 20s, the 30s, and the 40s and get your fucking joy on. Because you can get away with it. And uh, as long as you're not making it obvious by fucking smashing someone's head in with a fucking rock or stabbing them in the face and you're just poisoning them and shit like that, you're going to you're going to have a good fucking career, a good fucking career. So at this point, Nanny's appetite for lollipops is growing strong. I mean, we all know that's probably the reason why she fucking got married immediately is because she was like, just give me that dick. Okay, I don't know why she sounded like a man. So this so. You know, her her fucking, her hunger was growing strong. So she was just like, oh, give me that. Just give it to me. Give it to me. I'll, I'll, I'll just marry you in three days. I'll marry you in two days. I'll marry you in one day. I'll fuck, I'll marry you today. So just give me it to me. I want to suck on that lollipop. Again, her voice is changing to a dude. And I don't know. Maybe there's something going on there. She could be a hermaphrodite. I don't know. I never saw the coroner's report, you know, Spoiler, she does die. I mean, this is 1940s. It's fucking 2020. Put two and two together. Hate to burst a fucking bubble on that one, right? So, anyways, I don't know. I haven't seen pictures. Although she has been known. I read this in uh, typical, typical uh, Tinder, plenty of fish, Facebook Messenger, right? Uh only this is on the woman's side. And they do, do you know, girls, you, let's be honest, you do do this a lot. Not every, not all of you, just like not all dudes send dick pics. But, you know, she wrote a little uh, little risque note and sent some pictures. I, I haven't seen the pictures. I don't know. Was she naked? Was she, uh, was she fully dressed but showing her ankles or her shoulder? I don't know. You know, I don't think it take, took that much back then. You know, you, you get a little shot of a wrist and you're like, oh, my God, you know, and it's done. You're over with. And that's why they have uh, P.E. pills. Props to them. Right. So her appetite's growing. So she ditched lonely hearts at this moment. I don't think she fully ditched it, but I think she got the feeling that, OK, lonely hearts isn't working. It's just not fucking working. All these dudes are they're just like my father. And I know every woman, and you hear this all the time, women want to marry their father, but God damn it, I don't want to marry my father. So she's, she's like, I need to try something new. So she jumps on the Diamond Circle Club, and she meets Richard Morton. And they marry in 1952 in Emporium, Kansas. I know we haven't gone over all the places she's lived, but she's lived in a couple states by now. I mean, you're talking about Alabama, Emporia. Fuck, I don't remember the other place. There's Japan mentioned, but they didn't live there. Oh, you lived in Japan? No, they didn't fucking live in Okinawa or none of that shit, okay? So just get it off your heads. They weren't international. They stayed here in the Midwest and fucking Southern shit, wherever. All right. So she finally finds a dude that wasn't saucing up all the time. Apparently, I guess wasn't a womanizer. No, he was. But he did like to fuck around. So Nanny's mom, Louisa, came to live with him. And Nanny was like, yo, fuck you, bitch. This ain't happening. Why you want to move in with me? I'm finally fucking found a good dude richard big big dick richard morton right and now you want to move in and fuck this all up and, and now it's january 1953 so not that far off from when they married and nanny p- 
poison that bitch. Right? He's like, she's like, mom, fuck you. Fuck you, mom. And she poisoned her. And surprisingly, three months later, Morton fucking dies. Right? So fuck them both. They had it coming. Because, I mean, Louisa kept James around, you know, and Louisa, you know, she fucking knew all this shit was going to happen, going down. So she didn't knew it was going to happen. The future events, yeah, but she, I mean, all these people kept dying and she didn't fucking say anything. So fuck her. Right? And fuck Morton, too. I mean, that's what he gets for using the Diamond Circle Club, am I right? All right, so a few months later, June 1953 still, Nanny gets married again, right? It's like none of this shit adds up to anybody. It's like, oh, your husband dies and you marry a couple months later. It's like none of this adds up. I don't get it. It doesn't. You think the gossip, the gossip would be like fucking blown out the water at least, but I guess not. All right, so Doss, Sammy, that's Sammy, young Sammy. He's a wild one. We call him Sammy. He wasn't wild at all because he was a Nazarene minister. Right, so, I mean, she finally found a good one. Maybe the Diamond Circle Club is working out. I don't know if she found him on the Diamond Circle Club. I suspect, though, because she didn't go out and meet anybody anywhere else. But, again, it's like she's got this whole thing figured out. She finally figured it out. You know, as you can see, the husbands start getting better and better. It's like they were fucking alcoholic, womanizer, then just an alcoholic, but infidelity, and then just blah, blah, blah. And now it's just, now you got a Nazarene minister who's just fucking all good. You know, it only took her 83 husbands later, and she can finally pick a winner. Plus, his family died in a tornado, as wild as that sounds, right? And I think this was... Fuck, I don't remember what this said. And I know this is around the Oklahoma time frame. But anyway, she died. They, they die in a tornado. So this dude's got no baggage. It's just, you know, it's him. He's a minister. I mean, everything looks good on paper. But Sam disapproves of Nanny's loved romance novels, right? Her love romance novels. Because, I mean, they're dirty smut, right? It's dirt. It's smut is what it is. Right? So... It pissed Nanny off. And I, you can't be surprised that a minister doesn't like, you know, especially in the 50s, that he doesn't like romance novels. I mean, clearly he has to think it's smut. I don't know. I don't think it is. I mean, but fuck, man, even a minister now probably thinks that shit. I mean, gee golly, right? Gee golly, that what you're reading, all right? So she doesn't like that. So a year later, in October, Sam went to the hospital with flu-like symptoms. He was diagnosed with severe uh, severe digestive tract infection. He was treated and released on October 5th. On October 12th, that motherfucker was dead. Dead, dead, dead. Your mother dead, your dog dead, your horse dead, your shit dead, your poop dead, your balls dead. Everything was dead, right? No, he's dead. Nanny killed him. You know, she was just in a rush to collect that. The two, not just one. She's learning. She's like, all right. And they only took her fucking five tries, six tries or whatever of husbands, right? Five, four, five, whatever. A lot of husbands. To know, hey, I can double down on these life insurance policies. So she did. But the doctor, apparently better than uh, previous backwood doctors from the earlier days, and I guess he had some legitimate credentials, uh, found a huge amount of arsenic in his system. He was like, listen, I've known arsenic for many, many years. There was a tremendous, fantastic, wonderful amount of arsenic in his body. So... Uh, he finds it in the system, and he he alerts the cops. And so, poor little poor little nanny, she don't get to get those two life insurance policies. Instead, she finds herself with two shiny new bracelets. Right, so she got arrested. That bitch got arrested. Uh, in her arrest, she confessed to four, you know, killing four of her husbands: her mother, her sister, her grandson, and her mother-in-law. 
Uh, everything I read, she didn't uh, confess to the other things, but I think it's obvious. You know, she fucking killed everybody, right? Bitch went crazy. In her confessions, you know, and I, I just wish there was more into this. Like, where are, did they not record this? I want the tapes. Give me the fucking tapes. I want to hear this. So here's part of the confession. Special Agent Ray Page was questionnaire. He said, we've made phone calls, nanny. We've learned that Mr. Doss was your fourth husband to die of the same symptoms. We're putting two to two together. That's right. Two plus two equals not two, but it equals four. And he was your fourth husband, nanny. And it looks like we just might come up with, well, four. That's right. Two plus two is four. We're putting two to two together. Arsenic, nanny. We believe that they all died of arsenic. It'll be easier if you just admit what you've done. Ahead of time, I mean. Before we have to find out ourselves. Nanny. She giggles. <laughs> Are you saying, young man, that I killed all my husbands? <laughs> You're a nice looking young man, but so foolish. She flipped over a page from a Romantic Hearts publication before her. Paige didn't know whether to laugh or cry. He didn't. Not at all. I mean, would you? Would you know? I mean, during this, would you Would you laugh during this? I mean, she's giggling. She's having a good time reading a Romantic Hearts publication. Maybe she says, she just said that you're a nice looking young man. And she also said you're foolish. But I mean, of course, all men are foolish, right? She said you're nice looking. I mean, she she's hitting on it. She wants to fucking slob that knob. Oh, yeah. She wants to... She wants to go Hannibal Lecter on that milk. Right? So, Detective Page gets back in. He's like, no more reading, Nanny. This isn't the Christian science reading room. You're going to answer us. The Christian fucking science reading room. Like, what, what, what are you doing, Page? You're going to the Christian science reading? I don't understand this. And uh, she finally, she finally gets to it. <laughs> he wouldn't let me watch my favorite programs on television. And he made me sleep without the fan on on the hottest nights. He was a miser. And well, what's a woman to do under those conditions? It all makes sense. What is a woman supposed to do under those conditions? Okay, there you have it. <laughs> Can I have my magazine back now? So again, it goes on a little bit. She wants her magazine. She wants that shit. Because she's in the Christian Science reading room. But when it came down to it, I mean, Nanny was just... She was fed up with their shit. You know, most of them were alcoholics. Womanizers. Sleeping around. Wouldn't let her sleep with the fan on. Wouldn't let her read her magazines. And she wasn't gonna have it. So, poisoned some coffee. Poisoned some pie. You know, poison some shit. That's what she did. She got it done. She was a go-getter. She got a little sloppy like they seem to do as they keep going on. But she fucking got the job done. She did not play around. Uh-uh. No way, no how. So, she confessed. Now, Oklahoma only pursued the death of, of her last husband, Doss. They didn't pursue the other deaths. So, she pled guilty on May 17, 1955 and was sentenced to life imprisonment. At first, you, you can look at the at the newspaper clippings and everything. At first, there were there were the death penalty was on the table, but Oklahoma didn't feel, I guess, that they should because she's a woman. 
So they kind of went on the whole insanity bound, even though she originally wasn't claimed insane, but then, then she was. So the death penalty wasn't pursued. So ladies, keep in mind, maybe you won't get equal pay in Oklahoma, but if you go on a killing spree, you won't get the death sentence either. Because those are, those are gentlemen. So keep that in mind. Nanny, well, that bitch died in the Oklahoma State Penitentiary's hospital ward in 1965 of leukemia. Oh, Nanny. Granny Nanny. And the great thing about when she was in prison is she kept her cheerful, jolly disposition, right? She kept that demeanor and often made jokes about her case. You know what I mean? She just had a positive outlook on life, which probably was one of the reasons how she got some of her aliases. I mean, Nanny Doss, a.k.a. The Giggling Granny, a.k.a. The Lonely Hearts Killer, right? POF Tenor, we all get that. A.k.a. The Black Widow, The Giggling Nanny, and The Jolly Black Widow, which they, I mean, those all make sense. They're all fucking, you know, some of them are pretty cool goddamn names. The Giggling Granny, that's your that's your murder serial killer nickname. <laughs> Come on, so she had 11 victims total in her span of career that lasted from 1927 to 1954, and she was apprehended in 1954. So 1954, apprehended. She died in 1965. So 11 years in jail, right? I mean, uh, that's... You know, for five murders, that's really not... Well, yeah. 11. 11 murders. So she kept jolly during this all this time. But while she was interviewed in her life in prison, uh, she complained. Now, this is the fucking part that's absurd and you're going to flip out about it. You're like, come on. She might be in jail. She might have murdered. People got the rights, right? And she complained that the only job she was allowed there was the laundry. Noting that, that her offers, because she kept trying to... To work in the kitchen were politely declined. Just, hey, let this bitch work in the kitchen. What's what's going to come of it? If anything, she's probably doing you a favor. She's going to lighten the load, lighten the prison count, make your job as a prison guard that much easier. No jolly nanny. She was jolly up until the fucking day that she died. Leukemia, you got that bitch. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this episode on Requiem for a Podcast. If we fucked anything up, as far as details or miss something, feel free to email us at podcast at gmail.com and we'll get back to you. Again, we'll see you next time. Adios, arrivederci. <laughs>